Good morning, church. Again, if you've just started joining us, my name is Scott Gilliland, and I'm one of the associate pastors here at Lover's Lane. This is Reagan Gilliland, another one of our associate pastors. And yes, we are married. Uh, and uh, we, are, we are here at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church. And if this is your first time visiting our church, our mission statement is loving all people in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it is our joy to be with you this morning in sanctuary worship uh, as Stan is enjoying a much-deserved <laughs> week off. Um, it's also for those of you who don't know, our last Sunday uh, to be in ministry here at Lover's Lane. And we have a, a set of texts this morning and a topic that is actually very fitting that we didn't know how well it was going to fit when we first started course for this sermon series that we're in called Bones, where we were looking at some of the Old Testament stories that revolve around stories of bones. We've talked about Adam and Eve and Eve being made from Adam's rib bone, and we've talked about Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones, and today we're going to talk about Joseph, uh, the, the leader, the man whom Miss Emily was talking about just a moment ago, uh, who achieved so much fame and fortune and notoriety in Egypt, and his bones, and the story of his bones, and how they can teach us about what it means um, to understand leadership and fluid leadership and changes in our lives, and also how to remember as we move forward. And so, with all of that in mind, and Reagan's got a tissue in hand already I've because already there may be it's some fine. tears, um, <laughs> let's read our scripture this morning and, and begin to walk through this text together. Genesis chapter 50 is our first text this morning, and this is the very last chapter of Genesis. This is the very final verses of that first book of the Bible, and it says this, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. God will certainly take care of you and bring you out of this land, the land of promise, the land he promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph made Israel's sons promise him, when God takes care of you, you must bring up my bones out of here. Joseph died when he was 110 years old. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. And our second verse this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 13, verse 19, and it says this, Moses took with him Joseph's bones, just as Joseph had made Israel's sons promise when he said to them, when God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of here with you. These are the words of God for the people of God. Let us say, thanks be to God. So, um... It is interesting looking at the story of Joseph, and I think I forget when I read Genesis how much is packed into this very first book of the Bible. Yeah. So you get you get to Genesis chapter 50, and um, if you have time today, you should flip through and be like, oh my gosh, this happened in Genesis, this happened in Genesis. Yeah. And so when you look at that, starting with Adam and Eve and then Joseph, I mean, this is like a high moment. Yeah. In, in the book. I mean, it, everything's kind of le- leading and, and building up to this grand moment. And For those who don't know Joseph, what, I mean, what did he accomplish? So, um, a great way is to watch the musical with Donny Osmond. Of course. It's of course. always good to start with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And so, <laughs> is it though? Is it? Yes, yeah. always. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, Joseph was the, the favorite, the favorite son, mm-hmm. and his brothers were jealous, and he got sold by his brothers, and you know he um, was in jail, and he had this gift of dreams and and, and different things, and then um, he ends up building where he gets to be the right hand 
a pharaoh. Wow. You know, and so it's, he starts kind of at rock bottom. Well, doesn't start there. Gets really Ends rock, up at rock, bottom. rock bottom. Yeah. And then he, I mean, at that time, pharaoh was, he was God. He was considered God he by considered his people. God. Yeah. And so the fact that Joseph has that kind of uh, position is, is pretty incredible. And so we think about everything that, that got, to that, got to that point. But I think Joseph, you know, he's a mixed character. You know, is he really full of himself? Is he cocky because he's this, this A little favorite? arrogant early you on, know. yeah. Um, but I think what's so great about Joseph is that all the stories, all the people had been building mm. up to this. Joseph did not arrive to where he was by himself. Right. You know, um, it took a lot of... Not even in his own life. Not it was all that had life. taken place before right? right? That. As scripture says, the promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to yes, Jacob. Right? Yeah. And so we think about, um, you know, what started at this, as this small group of God's people ha- had grown um, and to be leaders and to be world changers. I mean, Joseph had so much influence. Right. Um, and so it's just incredible the way that, that God ha- had worked. And, um, you know, I really hope that Joseph at this time realized that it really wasn't him, but he was able to see like, oh my gosh, look what, look what my ancestors were able to mm. do. Look what God was able to do. And I, and I got to be a small part of the story, Wow, you know, like he had that sort of what we were calling this week, the, a last chapter moment. Yes. Right. Where yeah. it's, the, it's your ability to, I mean, here's, you've got this epic book of Genesis mm-hmm. and Joseph gets to be the last chapter. Yeah. Right. And, and, and did he look back? And yeah. was he able to be grateful? And I think he did. It sounds like he's someone who understood exactly why he was there, and it wasn't because of him. Yeah. In fact, it was everything around him that got him to that yeah. place. And the fact that he's like, take my bones, because he, he even understood there was probably greater things to come, which yeah. I know we'll, kind we'll of talk, talk about we'll in talk a second. About that. But I just love that realization. That. So, I mean, the first thing we wanted to say this morning is that yeah. last chapter moments— are a great time to look back and be grateful for all of those who made your story possible. And you've probably experienced this in your own life when you've had a last chapter moment, when a chapter seemed to be closing in some season of your life. And, there's a, and we can sometimes look back on that and, and feel regret or even remorse or pain, but I hope that we could turn our hearts to be people who can look back with gratitude, even if it was a difficult season. Yeah. Joseph's life was not full of rainbows and sunshine, but can we adopt a spirit of gratitude that is able to say thank you for all of the things mm-hmm. that have blessed you and made you into who you are as your closing that last chapter moment. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, of course, we've been reminiscing, and I've been doing some deep dives on Facebook at pictures and, yeah. and videos, but even just being in, in this particular room, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, Scott, but I think about yeah. everybody's Christmas yeah. in this room and just seeing people sing and, I mean, really sing um, things like Uniting Methodists being in here and trying to be a catalyst of what's to come, you know. Right. Um, Kay Eck got proposed to in this room. We got to see that happen. We got to see that. And then we spilled (laughs) confetti everywhere. And Rusty was really happy to clean it all up. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Rusty. You know, and just thinking about the babies that have been baptized, the weddings that we've seen here, um, preaching. I don't know about you. The first time preaching in this room was like It's an intimidating pulpit. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And then I look at, I mean, right now the room is empty. I don't know if you noticed that there's no one here. I noticed. Um, But, you know, I see like that's where the erratas sit. Mm. And the Dials and the Strothers and the Shockleys and the Foley's and the Georges and the Motley's, you know, right. and, and the choir and the, and the, and, um, the deaf choir and the handball, like everything. I just look at this room and I think about 
all these leaders and the time and their and their service and their gifts and just how we just got to be part of it too. Yeah. You know, we got to walk alongside them and the way that they uplifted us and encouraged us. I mean, I just I'm just so thankful. Um, and we're not, you know, we're not the we're not the last part, but we got to be part. And then just thinking about um, former pastors here too. You yeah. know, I just think. Golly, Lover's Lane has been such an amazing place to learn and grow um, as a pastor. So no, that I mean that's that's where my heart's been too. Um, I think about who I was when I walked in to this mm-hmm. place at ninety two hundred Inwood Road, and I think about who I'm leaving as. And um, you know, one thing that Reagan I want to say is, of course, we're excited. You know, for the the next adventures that we get yeah. to take. But whatever pride we have in these new appointments, uh, it really is rooted in everything but us. Because when I, at least I can speak for myself, when you got here, you were pretty put together. When I got here, (laughs) I was a a, a 21-year-old with a whole lot of energy and not a lot of sense. And I was about this close to giving up on church. And and Lover's Lane is the place that really allowed me to believe in church again. Mm -hmm. Because the way that you loved me, I I think about the the people in my life that helped get me to this place and helped make me into the the man and pastor that I am today, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, it starts with family. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think about when I started in the kids' ministry and and Jamie, who sent me that first Facebook message to invite me to join the team. And I think about Amy Tucker, who I officed with for the first year until she passed away from cancer. I think about uh, Leah Chickenbendi, who taught me how to see children and children's ministry through the eyes of an immigrant. I think about Donna, uh, Pastor Donna, who mentored me and tried to help keep my ADD brain (laughs) focused on the most important thing. And then when I got to work with adults in, in the Renew community, our Wednesday evening communion service, you know, Ted Campbell grounded me in Wesleyanism and, and a love for the table. I think about Cindy Clampett and her faithfulness and the Motleys willing to do whatever, whenever. <laughs> Peggy and Carol, who taught me the importance of tradition and respecting ritual. We're not going to cry the whole sermon. We're getting it out now. That's why we put this at the front part. Um, I think about Joyce Dave, and, who every week prays for her grandson yeah. and, and just the power of prayer. And then we got to lead Thrive, yeah. you know. Stan is, is really not a smart pastor. He put a, a new <laughs> worship community in the hands of two 20-somethings that didn't know what they were doing. I don't know if I was 20-something, but that's but, Well, I'm, I'm trying to lie for you, babe. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, it's been incredible getting to watch that community grow and having yeah. a front seat um, to see lives changed and, and mm-hmm. families come together and marriages happen and also walking through uh, divorces and walking through the hard parts of life. Yeah. And it's all been an honor um, and, and I'm just so thankful because literally thousands of people have, have had hands on me along the way and, yeah. and have left their, their fingerprint, people that will never know. Yeah. And I'm just thankful. And in this last chapter moment, we both look back and we're just so thankful for this Church of Lovers Lane um, and the way that you say yes to people. You know, it started with Stan saying yes to each of us, and he has said yes to us every step along the way since. He has mm-hmm. challenged and shaped and grown us. But you as Lover's Lane say yes to people that other people won't say yes to. And you should take great pride in that. And and we're an example of what can happen over the course of 10 years. And so I'm thankful for you. All right. (laughs) Point number one. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So 
let's talk about that. We've, we've talked about the past. You know, Joseph is having this last chapter moment in Genesis 50. Uh, but let's talk about the present. You know, we're, we're, in the, we're in the midst of a transition yeah. in our lives. We're going through a leadership change. Lover's Lane is going to be accepting Pastor Andy mm-hmm. and his wife Melissa and their family, their yeah. children. Um, and, and, and so I wanted to take a moment and have us talk about leadership transition and, and why fluid leadership and yeah. being appointed for a time and a place and a season is actually a, a very biblical thing that we practice in the Methodist yeah. tradition. So I, I look at the, the two scriptures we read this morning. Um, one is about Joseph. The next one features Moses, who's kind of the next big leader in the Jewish tradition. And then, of course, there's, there's the leader after Moses is a man named Joshua, the young man who has to fill in his enormous shoes, right? <laughs> who wants to follow Moses. Yeah, Andy has to fill four shoes. So he has... <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. He's going to put them on his hands or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good joke, Reagan. Reagan, uh, (laughs) if you can't tell, Reagan tries to mask her emotions with humor. So anyone else have that coping mechanism? Comment below. Um, (laughs) So uh, as as I looked at Joseph and Moses and Joshua as leaders, you know, it it was interesting to me how different each of them really are. each of them is called with specific gifts. You know, Joseph is confident. No one could have risen to his level in the Egyptian system without having a whole lot of yeah. confidence in himself and in who God was. That's really yeah. where his confidence was born. I'll defend Joseph okay. there. Um, Moses was not confident at all. He had no. to be talked into leadership, and yet um, he was fearless when he needed to be. And he trusted God in a way that I think few people are able to, to adequately trust. And Joshua, I mean, talk about a, a, tough, a, a tough road to hoe. I mean, he had to step into Moses' shoes and lead people into the promised land, which was great, but they had to rebuild. You know, yeah. they, they had to build a society and a nation from the ground up. That was yeah. no small task. And each of these leaders was called and equipped and were gifted for that time. Yeah. Um, I want to say this, that, that God called Joseph and Moses and Joshua to each lead Israel for a specific season. And I want to say this, too, that God has called you uniquely for this time, this place, and this moment. Now, I don't know where everyone is in life. I don't know where you're a leader. And you may be saying to yourself, I'm not a leader. But, yeah. I mean, everyone's a leader, right? Right. In, in what kind of ways? I mean, you're a, you can be a leader in your family, like, I mean, especially your extended family. Um, you, can be a le- you can be a leader to your kids. You can be a leader in your workplace. You can be a leader in your neighborhood. Just like you might have a group of neighbors that kind of look, look to you. I mean, um, there's so many ways yeah. to be a leader. And so, like, you may not think of yourself as one, but yeah. anyone you have influence over. Yeah. You know, you're a leader. Um, even if that circle is rather small, that's still yeah. important, right? Um, and so the question for us becomes not, am I a leader, but, but how am I being a leader? And mm-hmm. what is God calling me to lead in this moment? And, and when is God calling me to that next thing too? Yeah. You know, that was one thing that Reagan and I had to pray over for, Lord, 18 months. Yeah, um, at least. <laughs> because, I mean, we, we joked that we, we probably would, were ready to buy a niche in the Columbarium. Yeah, with you know, and, We're going to do a triple. <laughs> get, triple a three, get a three-peat niche. And, uh, because we just love this place. And, yeah. and we could have seen our family here for the rest of our lives. And yet we knew the Spirit was calling us to that next thing. Yeah. As, as hard as that decision was. And, and so when is the last time you asked God to speak directly into your life and to say, 
is this the place I'm supposed to be? Even if I'm comfortable, am I supposed to be here? Or is it time for the next thing? Or even though I want to get out, even though I want to I move on to the next yeah. thing, um, maybe God's calling me to have some patience and to see something through that is frustrating me in this yeah. moment. Um, that, that can be a hard thing to, to process through, but that, that only happens with prayer. We can't tell you that. No book can tell you that. That, that only happens with a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, so the last thing we want to talk about this morning, Reagan, do you want to say a word about the, the theme of bringing bones with you? Yeah, I... I... I think that's an interesting phrase that gets repeated in these scriptures, right? Yeah. Bring my bones with you. First time I read it, it was kind of creepy. It was a little weird because <laughs> um, I, I think of Oregon Trail and, you know, they're traveling like, cool, we have to still carry these bones for... It's taking up space, right? They're in the up, wilderness. Yeah, they're like, cool, what can we get rid of? Well, we have these bones. Can we just <laughs> right. leave these? He won't know. You're not going to you know? notice, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think like this this idea, this visual of these bones getting to this to this, pl- this new place, this promise of God's faithfulness, I think. Um, and just realizing, um, in this new place, um, that they remember everything, um, before, um, that they see like this bone, these bones are, are a reminder of everything that happened and what is sending me forth. Um, and that they don't necessarily always, um, it's in a weird way, for me, I look at the story like these bones didn't really represent death. They really represent this like new life, wow. this, like this new beginning. Um, and so that's kind of how I picture it. Cause I imagine when they buried them and they did all that, which is in West Bank. We, we looked it up. Yeah. So in the book of Joshua yeah. mentions that his bones finally end up in Shechem, which is near the yeah. modern day West Bank. You know, I, I think, you know, they looked at that and said, again, Look how God has brought us wow. here, um, and just being that spirit of gratitude and thankfulness for faithfulness. I don't, you know, that's kind of what I think the, about. You know, that theme of remembrance is so important mm-hmm. in the Jewish tradition. You know, remembering who God is, remembering your relationship with God, remembering the scriptures. Rem- you know, remember, yeah. remember, remember. But it's it's interesting. It's never in this place of God saying, "Be stuck in the past." Yeah. God's always propelling the people of Israel forward mm-hmm. and always asking them to consider the next thing. But I think that God knows something that, that God wants us to desperately know, which is when you remember well, when you have a long list of memories, a foundation of memories, yeah. of gratitude, of memories of promises fulfilled and promises kept and victories won, when you have that foundation laid, then the next time you, you not only do you expect that next win. Not only do you expect yeah. God to come through again, when God does, you now, you don't just celebrate one moment, you celebrate them all, all yeah. over again. It's like getting to play the greatest hits track over right. and over and over again. Yeah. And, and so that, that actually that, that ability to remember propels you into the future and makes you more ready to see what God is going to do next. Yeah. Do you want to say a word about that for our friends at Lover's Lane? Yeah, you know, we talked about this story of Joseph, like, you know, it ends at like this high point of, of Joseph, like, I hope they're not, they're not interpreting, like we're saying, we are the best thing <laughs> that Lover's Lane has seen, and it's never going to get better than this. Um, what was your question? I'm just thinking now. <laughs> saying a word about propelling into the future. Yeah, and so I think, um, I, I, I am so excited for the future of Lover's Lane, because we have such a rich, incredible story Mm. in this place. I mean, it really, 
And when so, you say we, you mean we. Yes, like not we. Tom Ship, Don Tom Benton, Shipp, like everything. Bill Bryant. Um, we are such a unique church, and I just think about there is something so exciting about having a new voice. I don't know if you want yeah. me to talk, about, like having Andy, who's coming in, Andy Nelms, who's coming in, and how he's going to propel us forward because he's got his own things behind him. That right. He's going to bring into this place. He's bringing bones with him. Yeah, he's bringing bones. He's got with a him. story. He's got gifts for this moment. And um, I'm just so eager and I'm so excited to watch this church um, grow and do things that we could have never done. Talking about how, you know, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, they couldn't have been switched around. Right. They had different gifts. And so I think about, man, what what is next? Because we couldn't maybe get the people people there. There's going to be a whole new level of ministry. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's just so exciting. So I, I guess our final word for this message is bring, bring the bones with you. When, when God proves faithful, bring the bones with you. Add the moment to the long line of memories. We know we'll be doing that. You know, mm-hmm. Reagan and I were talking, the first time we stand at a communion table in our, in our new churches, you know, we'll remember being at the altar here and in Asbury and in Ship. Um, When we baptize infants, we'll remember seeing our own children baptized by Pastors Kay and Pastor Stan. Um, We will have, we will bring the bones with us. We'll have that long line of memories that we'll get to add those new victories, those new celebrations into that list. And we pray that you'll do the same. And we're just grateful that we can now join the long line of memories Mm -hmm. at Lover's Lane, that we get to be one of the great storied pastors, right, that, that we remember and we pray we, we can be remembered in the same way as, as well. So yeah. as Reagan said, we can't wait to see how you continue to love all people in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And most importantly, in your life, in the life of the church, remember to bring the bones with you and celebrate not just the moment, but the long line of memories.